Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton and the offense were back on the drawing board on Monday as they prepare to take care of the Broncos this week. We'll dive deep into what Payton said in his reflection after watching the game tape. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country and all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, the Broncos were back on the practice field on Monday at the Centura Health Training Center as they were trying to get some things right. As Sean Payton mentioned, in his post-practice press conferences, it's going to be a lot of Broncos on Broncos this week as they're really trying to shore up some things that they need to get better at themselves versus what an opponent is doing to them or what an opponent brings to the table. Yeah, Cody, and really we got to see what Sean Payton has talked about all offseason, the vision for these players kind of starting to unfold, right? You want to see that for the starters. You want to see it for even some of the backups and, and certainly guys that are going to be playing roles on this team. So I'm really excited for them to get back to work and to kind of start. We saw some reports from Mike Kliss after practice on Monday, guys sticking around doing a little bit of extra, right? Garrett Bowles working on his sets and Russell Wilson talking to some of the receivers and obviously some good news that we'll talk about injury wise in a little bit with some players working there on the side field, but just to kind of start to see the vision unfold. We saw in the first preseason game, really this Broncos team trying to catch its footing. And so I think now you want to see that progression and that step forward. And just like Sean Payton said, right, it's not always going to be exactly what you thought, good or bad. You know, I, I think I think there's definitely some positives to glean from it, but also there's plenty of room for the Broncos to improve. And like we say, see that vision continue to unfold. Well, and Monday's practice was really light. I mean, there were some team periods that they did. There was some contact one-on-ones, but it wasn't as physical as all the practices that we've seen building up to what we've seen. I think it's because they just got done playing a game. And it, it, it's going back to the drawing board. It's having those positional meetings in the film and saying, this is what we struggled with. This is where we need to get better. It seemed like from Peyton's standpoint, that was really the emphasis when watching today's practice I can't tell you, you know, exactly what they were working on, but I can tell you that some of the areas that you and I and some fans that have watched the show have expressed concerns about, it seemed like some of those things were what they were focusing on during Monday's practice. And obviously they're going to continue practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Peyton even said they're going to do something on Friday before they head out against it for the San Francisco 49ers game on Saturday. Luckily, that's going to be a 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. But Sarah, I asked Sean Payton following Monday's practice, just what was his initial observation because after a game the emotion is raw just happened you haven't been able to watch film on it after watching film he talked about a lot of things he felt like they did well from the situational awareness stuff that they've been harping on since OTAs he felt like they were really good with that saying even the special teams unit before halftime he's called it a hurricane moment where you have no timeouts you can't call a timeout so you're rushing your your unit on the field to try to kick a field goal luckily the Cardinals 
called a timeout, and that led to the Broncos getting points there. But he said overall the awareness, some of the things that they've been preaching since OTAs has been spot on. He was very pleased with that. The overall operation, the communication aspect of it, there's just some things that they have to shore up. And so here's what Peyton had to say, especially when we were talking about the offense, because that's really the subject matter here in Broncos country this week is all oh, the offense, you know, the offensive line, pass protection, some of the concerns there. Well, here's what Sean Payton had to say about his thoughts on the offense overall. But offensively, we, it took us a, a minute to get going. I think we can protect better. Um, it was good to see that first group then uh, have success. Um, the kicking game, look, we didn't punt it like we thought. I mean, we've had as good of two weeks punting the ball, and you guys watch out here. So I, I, I think he'll be he'll be much better the next game we play. Um, yeah, it's 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 it's. I don't want to say what you expect when you look at preseason tape, but there's there were a lot of good things. Um, last play of the game is something that will get cleaned up. That, that wasn't really good by us. Well, there you have it. A little call out of the pass protection as well as kind of just, a, hey, let's not overreact one way or the other to what happened in a preseason game. Again, you're getting your, your footing underneath you. You're getting game action. You're seeing different looks from a different team that you haven't played against. Like you said, this week's going to be more Broncos on Broncos stuff. That's all we've been seeing throughout training camp. And, and so it's good for them to go out, get a chance to go out there against another opponent and get some live reps. I just think, Cody, the things that we talked about, what we're worried about on yesterday's episode of the podcast, those types of things, I think the, the Broncos can work on that stuff, right? It, uh, we didn't expect overnight success from any area of this team, and it didn't happen at the start of training camp. It didn't happen at the beginning of the preseason game. This offense wasn't firing on all cylinders from the moment they said go. So it's just keeping a level head at this point, evaluating things realistically, and then kind of seeing where you're at here in a couple weeks. And maybe that will spark some roster moves. Maybe that will spark some changes in the depth chart. Who knows what could ultimately happen? But I, I think to hear Sean Payton talk about this after what he saw, watching the film, digesting things, kind of not making any sort of emotional reactions to the game, it really paints a clearer picture just of, where he's at with things. And if Sean Payton is pleased with where things are at, I feel like that should give Broncos country a bit more confidence. Yeah. And he said, you never want to be too high. You never want to be too low, but you know, for him as a coach, it's okay. Hey, what, where can we get better? And it's about identifying solutions there. The fact that he said specifically that he believes the protection can be better, he even mentioned that on several plays they got out leveraged. So that's just really an adjustment and maybe technique and things that you're trying to work back on. It's not going to be an overnight process. And Sarah, you and I have said it from the onset, this offense, it could even take till maybe week three, week four, week five of the regular season to kind of get into the rhythm it needs to be. Now, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you're right to ship there. Obviously protection has to be better here for Russell Wilson because not only did Russell Wilson face a significant amount of pressure, it was Jarrett Stidham that also did it as well. When we talk about top pressure rates by opposing quarterbacks in week one of the preseason it, it's there are things that are fixable, Sarah. Like I don't, I don't look at these issues right now that Denver's dealing with and the concerns that we've shared here and say, oh, well, it's over because they can't fix this. They don't have a solution for it. There are tangible, fixable ideas that Sean Payton is putting in place that we can't necessarily share just yet. It's going to have to be a wait and see if it translates onto the field type of thing. Which the trust factor there is sometimes scary in the eyes of Broncos fans. I understand it. There's a lot of hesitancy on accepting and, and trusting that. 
until proven otherwise. That's completely fair, though. But Broncos country, the conversation continues here. Monday's practice, once again, light at the Centura Health Training Center. Some other roster news and notes, some things that we saw. They signed wide receiver J.J. Koski. He played for the Los Angeles Rams in 2021, had five games there. They released linebacker Ray Wilborn there, and it looks like they're adding some other guys to the returner mix here for the Broncos. But Practice will be continuing here on Tuesday at the Centura Health Training Center in front of fans who are in attendance. It's a fully padded practice. We're going to have more recap here on Lockdown Broncos. But one thing we did observe during Monday's practice is there were a variety of guys working off to the side field. What's the latest status on some guys like Justin Simmons, Kwan Williams, and others? Well, we'll dive deeper to that, and you're going to get that. On today's episode, Locked On Broncos, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week. Let's go with Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. If you're looking for a safe quarterback to take as a starter late after you wait on the position, well, then you can ride with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, one of the most consistent, healthiest, and most reliable passing producers. Cousins has great weapons in year two of a pass happier offense under Kevin O'Connell from Justin Jefferson to rookie Jordan Addison. He'll once again drive a team well that is loaded first at other positions, and you'll like that. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit in over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternator, shock struts, you name it. eBay Motors, they have it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit Helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, it was a lengthy list of players that did not participate in Monday's practice out there at Dove Valley, but maybe not all bad news. We're going to talk about the players that didn't participate, what some of these injury updates mean. But before we do that, got to give a huge shout out to every single one of you that listens to Lockdown Broncos every single day. For you everydayers out there, mile high salute. We really appreciate you and we love getting to interact with you. Cheers to you. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, free and available on all podcast platforms, as well as available for you to watch on YouTube. And Cody, we've got some really creative listeners of the show, right? People taking us to the driving range on the treadmill while they work out, while they're in the car, uh, at Costco, things like that. So I, I love that that Lockdown Broncos listeners are engaged everywhere that they go. They love this team, and we love getting to be able to talk about the Broncos together with each and every one of you. So Shout out to you if you listen to the show or if you watch, especially those of you who engage with us on Twitter and in the comments on YouTube. We really appreciate every single one of you. And Cody, we got to talk about this injury list. I know you, you've said a couple times now it was kind of a laid back day on Monday 
at Dove Valley out there, but it sounds like they also kind of took it as an opportunity to get some guys maybe a, a day off. So let's talk about this injury list here and which players did not participate at practice. Yeah, well, hey, Tuesday's practice, the pads are going to be on, so there is going to be a little bit more physicality. So you just played a game a few days ago. You want to have a little bit of a ramp-up period because it does take time. For those of you that play, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It takes a few days after playing a full contact game with all the adrenaline, all the movement, the explosiveness, and the contact to get right or to, to be in a spot where, like, you know what? I can manage. I can deal with it. But for the most part, we did see on Monday, we saw some big names on the side field. They're still getting some light work in, but not participating in any of the team drills there or any of the individual drills. And obviously, let's go with Patrick Sertan. He didn't play in Friday's preseason game against the Cardinals, and I think that was kind of a good reason. So he was over there doing some stuff on the side, was still moving around, jogging, doing some, some sprint work over there as well. So I'm not sure exactly what it is. Sean Payton is never going to go into detail unless it's publicly known what a player's injury or whatever they're dealing with that's got them banged up. But Peyton was asked after practice about Sertan and why he didn't participate. And he said, look, you know, we got a few guys on that list uh, that are out there, you know, four or five guys that here in a couple of days, you're not even going to ask me about. So that, I guess that's our way of reading into maybe some good news here, Sarah, about the injury side of things or guys dealing with some, some banged up stuff like Sertan, but some guys that did play obviously in Friday that we will highlight we didn't talk about Kendall Hinton, and he's a guy who just recently, a few weeks ago, came off the pup list. So the fact that he's had some maintenance days sprinkled in there, played a game, I think they're just being smart with him in that regard because he did have a knee surgery uh, not too long ago, but was able to come out and do some stuff there. You take a look at some other guys, uh, Nick Benito, who we had talked about, is having just an impressive game overall on Friday. And the sample size he was out there, he looked like an entirely different player, dealing with a little bit of a hip stuff. So we'll see if he's back at all this week. Uh, but he seemed to be walking and moving well, so that's a good visual observation that I can share with you. And then aside from that, some other guys that were over there, Cortland Sutton, uh, he was working over there on that field here today, but he's also one of those guys that Peyton said will be back into the mix here in a couple of days. So nothing I'd say that's worrisome at this point, too, and it, it's great to see Baron Browning, Riley Moss, Mike Purcell, and those guys that are trying to work back from where they're at. I think that Denver right now, this is just smart in, in the preseason to do that. Because, look, it's not just Denver doing this. So I've been following some other teams throughout preseason, and there are some other teams that are doing this with their key guys as well. So I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with maintenance management in a sense here. Absolutely, especially like you said, with a padded practice coming on Tuesday. And I think some other good news is uh, Mike Kliss said that, you know, to see McGlinchey and Brandon Johnson working on that side field is a sign of progress. Like during the season, uh, a lot of times you don't take the side field work as a negative, right? When a guy starts working on the side field during the season, you're like, oh, well, he's ramping back up. So there's there's also that element to this as well, that it's not just, hey, he's being held out for like he's hurt. It could be these guys are making their way back from injuries as well as we know Mike McGlinchey and Brandon Johnson both are. They both had shorter term injury timelines there. So it'll be good to have those two guys back. But in the interim, I'm kind of fascinated by which players are going to step up, depending on which of these guys are either out for a bit or if they're just kind of held out as a precautionary measure against the 49ers, Cody. It's another opportunity for, in the case of, you know, the right tackle position, Mike McGlin or sorry, Isaiah Prince taking over for Mike McGlinchey or in Brandon Johnson's case, are we going to see Marvin Mims out there more? Are we going to see uh, another maybe better performance from Marquez Calloway? So, I'm really intrigued by who steps up 
for some of these guys, especially off the edge. That's that's something that we're going to talk a lot about as the week progresses. The Broncos edge position has kind of been decimated the last few years, and this year appears to be no different. No Frank Clark in that first preseason game. Nick Benito has the hip injury. Baron Browning making his way back from the PUP. Aaron Patrick didn't play that first preseason game. So there's he was back at practice on Monday, too. There we go. So we're going to get to see him in the fold and we're going to get to see more of Christopher Allen, who had a QB hit against the Arizona Cardinals, Thomas and Coombe, Marcus Haynes. So I'm excited, Cody, for for these position groups. Of course, you want to see them fully healthy, but there's some good to be gleaned from it when your roster is 90 guys. Well, let's talk about this as well. Like in terms of players, maybe for McGlinchey, you you mentioned Isaiah Prince. I I felt like he's had some moments, right? But he didn't necessarily have, I think, the preseason game we envisioned to say like, ah, okay, hey, you know what? He's the clear cut. If you have a guy that goes down, you can rely on him. There's still some more development to be had with him. But I will say an interesting name for Broncos country to keep an eye on is Alex Pelcheski, the undrafted rookie free agent. Keep an eye on him potentially in that right tackle mix here as Mike McGlinchey is dealing with the injury. But I also think it's interesting to put out there that Sean Payton did say, he did provide us with this insight here that starters are going to play a little bit more in this game than they did in week one. So that is good. I don't know exactly what the sample size is yet. If they play 15 to 18 snaps, I imagine they might play 25 to 30 in this upcoming one, which wouldn't be bad. But they're going to be taking on a San Francisco 49ers team as Santa Clara that is tough when you talk about the defense that they have. I'm not sure whether or not their starters are going to play in San Francisco defensively, but you never know. We could see something else. We know Brock Purdy hasn't played so far in the preseason. It'll be very interesting, I think, to see Sam Darnold playing against the third-team defense that Denver has. Like That's just a cheat code to have in the preseason, in my opinion. But overall, and this goes back to Sean Payton's message, he wants to see young guys step up and play better. It's not necessarily the concerns he has about any of the veteran guys. It's the young guys that maybe don't have enough experience. And that is one of the things I think we have to follow this week here throughout practice for some young guys getting involved in practice. I'll be in Dove Valley every day. I'll recap and share my thoughts with you, Sarah Bettinger, and everybody in Broncos country about what we see going on there as much as we can without giving away too much in terms of the things that we're not allowed to give to Broncos country, which is kind of unfortunate. But aside from that, it was a teaching day in Dove Valley. Now this begs the bigger question here. Sarah Bettinger and myself, we both went back and we looked at the offense of all 22. We looked at the defense of all 22. We want to talk about a couple of players that stood out in our eyes, what they did exactly, and much more. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast after you listen to Locked On Broncos here today. Make that your second listen as you get the recap from the, around the entire NFL after week one of the preseason. What are some of the biggest overreactions? Justin Fields going to be a mega superstar, or is it just the preseason? What is going on? The local experts on the biggest stories have you covered on the Locked On NFL podcast. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts, or you can get it on YouTube. The film never lies. And one of the things I think that we value so much about the NFL season is you watch a game, you see things happen. But then you get to go back and you get to watch the film, which, you know, Sarah, I'm a big proponent of, hey, let's watch the tape. You know, you can only get so much out of the broadcast, but going back and watching the L22 gives you clarity on players. It gives you clarity on scheme or some things that maybe you can pick up on down the road here as the regular season approaches. And overall, I think there are a variety of players there that look good and that did their part so far on Friday's loss. Now, obviously, yes, you look at it, it's a loss. A lot of people, I've gotten some snarky comments like, well, they did so good in a loss. It, it's not about that. Preseason is not about wins or losses. It's about player evaluation 
understanding your scheme, carrying that forward. So let's break it all down here. And just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for making us your first listen of the day, every single day, wherever you get your podcasts or available on YouTube. Sarah, I'm going to start things off with you, my friend. When you went back and you watched the All-22, I mean, it, it was a long, extensive, about 50 minutes overall of tape on the offense. What did you see? Were any players that stood out, in your opinion, more so than maybe some of the names we've already touched on? Yeah, I really like Nate Adkins, Cody. I know you brought him up back in OTAs and said, hey, keep an eye on this guy. And he ended up being the fourth tight end on the depth chart as of the, you know, the one that was written in pencil or whatever, the unofficial first official depth chart. And I really liked what I saw from him. I was I made a point to keep an eye on him throughout the game as we were watching the game as well. Just really impressive as a blocker. And I think Sean Payton's comments about him are very interesting. Do you put him with the tight ends? Do you put him with the running backs? Does he take Michael Burton's job? I mean, I, I'm not trying to get, not putting the, the cart ahead of the horse here or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think he had a really solid game, a really solid first preseason opener. And this could be the beginning of something. He could be an interesting weapon. Remember, it may not seem like the biggest deal, but the Broncos lost Andrew Beck in free agency, and Beck contributed to the offense in a variety of ways. He caught passes. He was a lead-blocking fullback. He played special teams. He was very effective in the community off the field. So can Nate Adkins bring some of those things to the table? I read a great piece on him from uh, the South Carolina website from 24-7 Sports. I can't remember the name of the website, but it was a good look at him. And the tight ends coach for South Carolina commented, like they were asking the question. This was just from a couple weeks ago. They were asking the question, like, how are you going to replace a guy like Nate Adkins with all he brought to your offense? And they were talking like, man, there's really no way to just immediately replace a guy like that. He did so much for the team. I think he's bringing a little bit of that flavor to the Broncos, Cody, and I was really excited about watching him back, especially on the All-22. He, he's a hybrid player, and, and he, he can play that tight end. He can play that fullback role. They can use him in a variety of ways. Now, he's not necessarily the biggest guy, but you know what I've noticed from him? He takes really good angles, right? He must have done really well in math class because, for me, I never understood angles. I never understood the geometry of the football side of things, but he understands how to pin guys. He knows how to kick them out, which angles to take and how to use his leverage to get underneath guys. That's one thing I took away from the All-22 so far watching him against the Arizona Cardinals. But to your point as well, because obviously every roster decision you make or every player you keep is going to impact you at one certain position on your team. And it's interesting to figure out maybe what that position is going to be. Adkins might be a guy. I don't know if he makes the 53, right? I think he could. I think absolutely he could. It wouldn't shock me if he did. But more than likely, I think his path is the practice squad, which I do think he'll make it back. It really just depends how Sean McVay feels here in a couple weeks. So Kyle Shanahan, if Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, that 44, that 45 guy might be the next use check. Maybe we'll bring him in. Certain things like that can happen here. But I, I, I agree with you. He's a guy that stands out on tape. Another guy, too, if we have to reference it, I, I think Alex Pocheski on tape stood out at offensive tackle. I thought he was relatively clean. We talked about Ben DiNucci's performance there, but defensively, I, I want to go back and I want to harp on what Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito did. Like, I am going to put out a film room study at DB Film Study on Twitter. It's a little bit of a burner account there. I'm going to put out some clips from Jonathan Cooper and just the things that he does so well. It, it continues to impress me because this is stuff that is going to matter so much in the regular season. Let's say he's on the left side, an outside linebacker. He's in his stance, and they run the ball away from him. He does such a good job being so consistent, 
getting down the end of the line of scrimmage, right? Squeezing it is what we call hill line, like hill line depth where the offensive tackle would normally be. Squeezing it down. And in situations like that, what you run into is if you do like a counterplay, for example, you're going to have a guard who's going to pull on that backside. So as you squeeze down hill line, he's going to try to get you in the wash. Jonathan Cooper is not afraid to run through one of those guys, one of the pulling offensive linemen to make the play. But even on a run play that we saw to the left side there, uh, uh, the uh, defensive right side, offensive left side of the Cardinals, he tracked the play all the way from the backside. Like it was all the way away from him. He went down the back end of the line of scrimmage, made the play, high effort, high motor. And it really, Randy Gregory did a great job of setting the outside edge too. It made it easy for Jonathan Cooper to come back backside. That's where I think Denver needed more consistency, at least last year in the regular season, is there were times where guys would get to the outside or get sealed, and there wasn't backside pursuit was never consistent enough there. Jonathan Cooper's a guy, whether he starts, whether he's a rotational guy, and you factor in Baron Browning's return. Sarah, I mean, if these guys stay healthy, Denver might have one of the deepest edge rushing rooms in the NFL with guys who have young, talented, stacked potential behind him. I I was excited about that, and obviously Nick Benito. Yes, guys, young guys at that position stepping up at just the right time, right? And you said it earlier this offseason that maybe the edge position this year could be just like the inside linebacker position last year where we went into the offseason program, and yeah, it's trending upward. And it seemed maybe like, oh, that might be the biggest concern on the team and it turns into one of your biggest strengths. So we'll have to wait and see. And I love the the zero on Jonathan Cooper, Agent Zero now. He looks good with that. The number just pops off the screen, doesn't it? I, I love watching that. So very good stuff from him. And, and just to circle back on Palcheski really quick, Cody, is another guy that I was paying attention to. As, as soon as the Broncos' list of undrafted players came out, I was excited about him. I was excited about the potential there because – the Broncos haven't drafted as far as I I know, unless you want to call Dalton Reisner a tackle coming out of college. They haven't drafted an offensive tackle since Garrett Bowles in 2017. It's it's embarrassing in the equal parts, shocking. But at the same time, Palcheski is the kind of guy who an All-American at Illinois, somebody that may be qualifying as a developmental player at that position and and a very important position. And the Broncos maybe developed effectively Calvin Anderson the last handful of years, I would say, as a former undrafted player, they plucked from another team. Palcheski could be that next guy in line for them to really develop. And he certainly has a talent. He certainly played well in this first game, but I liked what I saw from him. And going forward, like you mentioned earlier, maybe some more opportunities. Growth trajectory is is super important. And we talk about maybe the secondary, a couple of guys. We're going to mention Jaquan McMillan. We're going to mention Asang Bassi. Sarah, I think the one thing I really like the most about these two guys is both guys have the capability of playing inside or outside, right? k has been banged up. And when k is healthy, k is so good in that regard there. But you do have a really good insurance policy because if you need depth on the outside, you got it. If you need depth on the inside, you got it with both of these guys here. And you factor in both these guys are making plays on special teams. It makes it more likely that they make the active roster behind, obviously, Sertan. I think you have Damari Mathis, obviously. I think Riley Moss by default. And then I think it's these two guys that rounded out alongside Kwan Williams at that position. Then you bring some other guys onto the practice squad. To me, it was a good first step. These guys are going to get a lot more run against the San Francisco 49ers, Sam Darnold, is going to get some playing time. They're going to see some Trey Lance, and maybe it's the Broncos' opportunity to take a look at some guys on the 49ers roster as well that may they may be eyeing when roster cutdown happen. 
We'll see if that's the case here for the Broncos and Sean Payton. They've alluded to that several times throughout the offseason. So we'll see how things play out. But Broncos country, we appreciate you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can subscribe to this podcast or follow it for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on what's going on in Dub Valley every single day. I'm there at practice. I'm there at games. Sarah and I, we come back, we recap it, we break it all down, and we love interacting with all of you in Broncos country. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. Sarah and myself, we'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show as we recap Tuesday's practice at the Centura Health Training Center.